Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast is brought to you by King Arthur Clocks and Jewelry, Bavarian Grill, and Yield Butcher Shop. King Arthur Clocks and Jewelry, a longtime retail and repair shop for, you guessed it, clocks and jewelry. Everything from grandfather clocks to mantle clocks, wall clocks. Hey, if you just need to get the battery in your watch replaced, King Arthur Clocks and Jewelry has you covered. Not only that, they are also a gold and silver exchange. So if you have any gold coins, silver coins that you're looking to trade in for cash on the spot, King Arthur Clocks and Jewelry has you covered there as well. They are located at 1201 North Central Expressway. Having served Plano for over 30 years, King Arthur Clocks and Jewelry. And now, let's podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor with Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Devin Hassan, who's the sports editor for the Mesquite News and the Rowlett Lakeshore Times, and Kendrick Johnson, who's the sports editor for the McKinney Courier Gazette. And gentlemen, let's keep talking spring football. We're going to round out. We're finally at the end of the road. Our last two, uh, our last two districts. We're going to conclude our spring football primer series as we continue to uh, just take a look at um, kind of where our football programs are at as they're going through their respective off seasons. Uh, for this uh, for this podcast, we're going to shift gears to Class 5A, take a look at a couple 5A districts, um, looking at a 7-5A Division One. Now, this uh, this district, man, uh, you know, I you know knew this we were going to be talking about this district coming in, but looking at these this configuration of teams, it is this district is all over the place. <laughs> so, um, for those who um, you know need a refresher from realignment, 7-5A Division One consists of McKinney North. Uh, Mesquite ISDs, two 5A schools, so Poteet and West Mesquite, uh, Sherman, Texas High, all the way out in Texarkana, uh, John Tyler, and Wiley East. So within that, uh, within those, what, seven teams, you have schools from that are currently, at least, in districts 14 5A, 15 5A, 16 5A, 5 5A, and 11 6A. <laughs> So I mean, you have schools that are just have I mean very little familiarity between uh, <laughs> between these uh, you know between these seven schools, and um, obviously you know you got to find somewhere to uh, you know those East Texas schools just can't play each other, so you got to find some way to latch them on with um, some of the Metroplex schools, and unfortunately for programs like McKinney North, Mesquite ISD, going to be a little bit more travel for this coming season, but um, but that's uh, you know that's for later on. Let's just kind of take a look at kind of at least where McKinney North and uh, you know Mesquite ISD are at in their respective off seasons. Um, Kendrick, let's start with McKinney North, a program making the jump from uh, from 14-5A. Had some success out there, made the playoffs both years. How are the uh, Bulldogs looking right now? The travel for them won't be as crazy. They got to go to Sherman. They got to go to uh, make a trip out to Tyler. But mm-hmm. considering they, they West Mesquite come there, they got to go to Wiley East. I think it, if they could have asked for something, maybe skip the Tyler trip. Devin's made a time <laughs> or two to yeah. Rose Stadium. I think they got off good. On the roster front, they're replacing 36 seniors, including um, Zach Frazier, one of the best linemen in the area, mm-hmm. and um, Lamar Lucas, who's the program's second leading rusher with 3,700 plus yards behind on Ronald Jones. So when you start getting in that territory, it's like where they gonna get this running game from? In spring, they got like a, a litany of players. They got like three or four people, but for some reason, they always find somebody mm-hmm. and they get them a thousand five hundred yards. It's like they just grow them out there in North. But key to the offense will be how to use Brandon Frazier. He's called AKA Baby Gronk. The guy six seven, <laughs> two thirty, catches everything. He's already got offers from. 
going blank, Oklahoma State and Purdue, mm -hmm. and he put on a show during the spring game. They had him in the slot. They had him as a wing back. They had him in tight end. They move him around. He's just a matchup nightmare for everybody. And they got um, Cam Constantine, who's one of the best dual threat quarterbacks yeah. in the area, and he'll be a three-year starter. So he's been part of like those two playoff runs that Matt talked about. Cam's been the man, the trigger man. So if he gets him a running mate in the running game, mm -hmm. they can go back to doing his own read with Frazier. But they're going to have a lot of um, holes on both offense and defense. But they're a program that's used to winning and winning a playoff game last year, getting to play state champion at Hunter Park. Just cultivate that like, hey, we're on a program on the rise. It's impressive, though. Six, seven, three, uh, two, I have to say 320, not two, <laughs> 230, and he's just halfway through his, uh, his high school career. And then um, their schedule, their non-district schedule is pretty tough. That should get them ready. You got to play the rivalry game with McKinney to kick off the MIC Stadium. Yeah. That'll be official August 30th, McKinney High, McKinney North, the two original high schools of McKinney open the stadium. Then they play another game against Justin Northwest. Every time they play Justin Northwest, it's a shootout. Both yeah. games, both teams have scored over 40 the last two years that they play. And then they play Wakeland and Rockwall Heath, two perennial playoff teams. Mm -hmm. So they'll be tested before they even get to this district, which in the big picture I think will help them get one of the spots. If I was going to put, put go like this and put them, I put them at second and getting in the playoffs for the Ooh. third year in a row. Interesting. Barring injuries, because they can't have injuries, because they won't have as much depth as they had. Last year they had a ton of depth. This year they don't. Devin, let's take a look at then, uh, the, two, uh, the two schools that are under your umbrella out in Mesquite, um, whether it's Poteet, West Mesquite. I know both these teams were, uh, I mean, that 15-5A playoff race was just such a uh, such a gauntlet. And, you know, was it West that just barely missed at the very end of yeah, the season? Yeah, po Poteet beat West head-to-head -head in, the, in, the, in the regular season finale. That mm -hmm. was what the final playoff berth came down to. And real quick, because we... we Kendrick touched on the travel thing as well. That was the first thing that jumped out to us just mm -hmm. when we saw it. That was just one of the uh, repercussions of splitting yeah. up clock class 5A. But, you know, if this was the same district for all the other sports, it would be more of a more of an issue mm -hmm. because every team would have to go home and home. Yeah. But with six district games, you're making three road trips. It's still a long way. Mm -hmm. I mean, West Mesquite to Texarkana is 340 miles around yeah. trip. But when you're doing it three times a year, you know, on Friday nights, it's not that big of a deal. But uh, getting, yeah, I'll start with Poteet. Um, like I mentioned, they made the playoffs last year, knocking out their rivals. Uh, that's seven out of eight years mm -hmm. in a row, or seven out of eight years for Poteet. Uh, what's impressive is they've won at least one playoff game every season they've made it. Yeah. They made two trips to the state semis, uh, four trips to the regional finals. Uh, so this team is used to making the playoffs, and they're used to enjoying success while they're there. One reason for that is they test themselves early. I mean, you know, we talked about horns, uh, you know, Run about Allen Highland Park and yeah. Cedar Hill the other day in non-district. Well, Poteet has Denton Ryan, Waxahachie, Mansfield Summit, and Tyler Lee. Oh wow! So okay. they they'll be ready to go yeah. once uh, once the new seven five a season rolls around. Um, they went six and six last year. Uh, really, were ravaged by injuries. I mean, this was a team halfway through the season. I thought to coach Cody Groves, and he's sitting there going through his depth chart, going, you know, look, see all these moving pieces. I mean, there was just so many injuries. Uh, Coming back healthy, I think their offense has, has the ability to be really strong. Uh, they had some ish. They, they had a rotation going at quarterback to start the year last year. Um, they ended up moving Dalton Dale into that starting role, and he kind of flourished as the year went on, got more comfortable in that role. Uh, Cam Lapping, the other guy they were using as a uh, as a quarterback, moved out to wide receiver, which is where he played the previous year, mm -hmm. and he's one of those dynamic players on the outside. But really the player the offense revolves around is Seth McGowan. Oh, yeah. He was expected. He played as a freshman on varsity, uh, had a couple 
couple of really good games, was expected to be kind of their workhorse, kind of their focal point last year, but missed the entire first half of the season with an injury. And that's one of the things that kind of threw them into a tailspin through those early stages. Um, he came back midway through, still rushed for more than 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns, but again, was never 100%. He's a kid that's got offers from all over the country. Now that he's fully healthy, look for him to really shine this year. And how about uh, West Mesquite? What do you make of the Wranglers so far in their progress? You know, West Mesquite uh, has had some question marks on both sides of the ball. Uh, they replaced a couple of three-year starters, Curtis Williams in the backfield, uh, Connor Neal at quarterback. Uh, have a couple of impressive kids at the skill positions. Uh, you know, Dylan Wright, which was one of our interview features a couple of weeks ago, uh, is a guy that really broke onto this scene last year. Um, uh, you know, great height, great athleticism. Um, I sat there and watched him put on a dunk show during basketball season in the middle of the game. <laughs> Uh, you know, just you know, he had caught 32 passes for 545 yards last year uh, without even being the main go-to guy. So if they can find a quarterback, whether that's Neil Johnson, whether that's somebody else uh, that can get him the ball, he's got the ability to make big plays. And one guy to really keep an eye on is Ty Jordan, uh, the running back. He's a, he's a track guy. He was a regional qualifier in track. He backed up Curtis Williams last year. So Curtis Williams was was the main guy, but he still averaged better than seven yards a carry. Rushed for 777 yards as a sophomore. So now is the featured guy, I mean, I think he's really got the tools to, to, to be that guy they can turn to. Now, I'm um, looking at just the, uh, you know, obviously those are the three teams that we, uh, you know, we cover primarily, but there's still some familiarity with some of these other schools in the district. And you, I mean, you, Devin, you've seen, you know, you had to cover John Tyler, you know, just by proxy with them being in the same district as the other Mesquite ISD schools in 6A. With them making the drop down to, uh, to 5A, just what kind of, um, how big an impact is that, you know, could that potentially have on this district? With John Tyler in the mix now? You know, they, they've, they've fluctuated back and forth between mm-hmm. the top two classifications for a while. You know, last year they went 5 and five missed the playoffs the first time since 2008 but they were kind of bit by the injury bug a little bit they also happened to be in one of the toughest six eight districts in, yeah. in the uh, in the state um, they barely missed the cutoff line so just simply by going by enrollment and looking at what they had last year that means they're going to probably have the depth advantage on pretty much every team they play mm-hmm. you know John Tyler's always had great athleticism uh, they return a lot of their skilled kids they always had big guys on defense that was one of their fortes when they were with in 11 six a last year so you know they were already talking about about potentially making a state championship run before they drop down in 6A. So if they have that kind of confidence, again, a lot of this is fans, a lot of this is players, you know, this is not the coaching staff, this is not Rickland Holmes coming out and saying this, but, you know, if they have that kind of confidence in 6A, then I'm sure that's just, you know, magnified dropping down to 5A. What kind of expectations do you guys have for for this? Just, just the, more, the more I look over just this list here, it does feel like, I mean, what might can make a run. I think you can, just by getting in with the talent they got in this particular district, I'm going to say it's an easy gimme, but they can get through, somebody wins one of those first two games, they can get get the run, they get the right matchup because those teams in West Texas, this is, um, I mean not West Texas, but in um, Central Texas would not be able to match up with them this year because they were so top heavy this past year. A lot of those schools are down. So I like the matchups in the quarterfinals. Like this past year, it did not work out. <laughs> it's, it's like, the, what do you say? It flipped, it, it should flip well, on paper. And I'm curious to see how Texas High fares. Uh, yeah. Texas High has been a perennial playoff team. Six in the last 17 years they made the playoffs but they haven't won in the playoffs since 2006 so so that's what I'm saying is that is their playoff streak a product of being in a weaker district that hasn't translated into the playoffs although they did take Highland Park to 56-49 last year in the first round but again the the fact speaks for itself that you know since 2006 they haven't made it at the first round so 
Can you chalk it up to a weak district? Possibly. So let's see what happens when they are in a stronger district with the Mesquite schools, with McKinney North, with John Tyler. Yeah, uh, that, like I said, I think it's, that's one thing. When I looked at the region and stuff. Somebody could finish third in this district and go to a state semifinal yeah. real easily, depending on how the matchups go. But yeah, that, I, I don't want to see this um, new. Uh, I forget the number. <laughs> What's oh, a seven five a division one, yeah, seven five a d one. Been drilling fourteen five a for the last two years. So. <laughs> and even Wiley East, a program that you know was oh, obviously they, they they obviously felt the brunt of losing Eno Benjamin last year had a you know, had a down year, but even still, there's plenty of uh, plenty of pedigree and tradition there in their in their short uh, their short time span. So um, that's a that's a cursory look at District seven five a Division one, I, I should say, because we're about to talk about seven five a Division two, and Lord knows that's not going to get confusing at any point in time this <laughs> season. But um, that's a yeah, just a cursory look at what 75A D1 has to offer um, uh, for our Fast Forward Rewind Student Athlete Spotlight. We're actually going to kick it back up to Class 6A and kick it to the very top. I mean, the biggest high school in, in the state, one of the biggest in the country, and that is uh, not at Allen, where Kendrick was uh, was just at. Kendrick swung by Allen to chat with their stud wide receiver, Theo Weiss, um, top receiver in the state, top receiver in the country. I mean, just no matter the outlet, this kid's a uh, bona fide five-star prospect, and um, yeah, Kendrick chatted with Theo Weiss on his offseason, how the Eagles are coming along as they uh, begin to uh, defend their uh, Class 5A Division I state championship, and we will see what Theo had to say after a word from this sponsor. Today's Student Athlete Spotlight is brought to you by Bavarian Grill, authentic Bavarian food and beer garden. Listed by the Zagat Survey as the highest rated German restaurant in Texas for 12 years in a row. 12 years! That's three presidential terms. Uh, you can enjoy traditional and authentic spring favorites now. Everything from appetizers like slow-roasted ham hock and potato pancakes to entrees like bratwurst or breaded schnitzel. Uh, bring your whole family for lunch and dinner. They are open Tuesday through Saturday located off Parker and Highway 75 in Plano, Bavarian Grill. And now, let's get back to the podcast. This week, we make our final stop on the Fast Forward Rewind Tour of the spring football season with the state champions, one of the best receivers in the nation, number one receiver in state Texas, Theo Weiss. Theo, what is, how, has anything changed since y'all got the state title? Just same business as usual to get another one. Uh, yeah, it's really just the same business. We know we, we try not to talk about last year as much. We're trying to focus on you know this summer and getting prepared for the uh, fall. Here's some insight into the that y'all, intenseness that y'all had this spring um, to uh, ramp up to repeat. This spring, was we were real big on building a bond, you know, because if you got a bond with your team, then y'all, it's, it's unbreakable and y'all can be unstoppable. So, yeah, this we were just working on building our brotherhood. Of course, um, Allen's the city of champions, got champion for y'all on, on the football field, the basketball court, and the wrestling ring. Do y'all feel that pressure to to live up to that standard? Uh, we, we always got a target on our back. It's been like that since middle school. Uh, we're kind of used to it, and we actually we actually like it. <laughs> we actually like it. What about this particular group? Because one thing to talk about winning titles, the fact that y'all won, y'all draw confidence on, y'all know what it takes when it gets to be November and December and every game counts, every play counts, y'all know what to do to, to thrive in that setting. Does that kind of give y'all a little extra confidence? Yeah, it gives us a lot of confidence. And then our, our coaches, they, they, they play a real, real, real big part. Because, you know, they're, they're not making the plays or whatever, but they, they put us in the situations definitely to make the plays that we do. Coach, you know, y'all play, y'all, y'all, y'all play anybody, any place, anywhere. And y'all looking forward to that new district, getting the prospering Jesuit, seeing a couple teams you hadn't seen in a while? Yeah, uh, we, we're definitely looking forward to it. It's, it's going to be fun. Give us some insight to um, how this spring will get y'all to, when y'all get to come back in August, to hit the ground running. Well, yeah, so just like I was saying, we, 
building our um, brotherhood, you know, because just being tight with your teammates is definitely a big part because, you know, this is a team sport. And then this summer is going to carry on. We're going to work hard all summer, and we're going to be ready in the fall. What's some wrinkles to your game that we might see that we didn't see last year? Um, probably I'll probably be a lot more vocal <laughs> on, on the field and on the sideline, and then probably just a lot of more run after the catch. Um, what y'all do differently during the playoffs that y'all didn't do during the regular season? Because, like, of course you had a good season, but you definitely showed out in the playoffs. It seemed like they went to you a lot more during the playoffs than during the regular season. Was that by design or just kind of like big players making big plays and big moments? Uh, it was it was probably just that, big players making big plays and big moments. Um, my coaches, they just that's just the game. You never know how the game is going to go, especially that receiver, because you never know if the ball is you know is going to be wet or windy. You never know. But you know, I don't even I don't even think about that as much. I just you know I just take advantage of my opportunities. Going through that magical ride, what was a game or a moment you like? Hey, we can actually win this state title. Like, or you're like, I know our team's good enough to get that trophy. Was there a game or a moment leading up to that before y'all got to state that you knew? Spring ball, the spring before the season, I was like, yeah, we we look, we look real nice. I think we can go get it. On offense, do you, do you think y'all be throwing more for some fact you, you miss somebody like Brock? That's like the all-time leading rusher, best season in Allen history. How do you find somebody to replace that 2,100 yards? Or y'all just going to have to be more aggressive and, and throw the ball more? Um, you know, we, we might switch up our game plan. You never know. But we got we got a good running back, Andrew Henry. He, he's pretty good. He, you know, not like a Brock, but, you know, he, he's definitely he's definitely going to help. When somebody t- tells you it's all about the A, not about the team, what do you think about that when you hear that mantra? That's kind of backwards to us because it is all about the A, but we definitely it's definitely about the team first. And how's that help y'all be consistent program? We all winning 12, 13 games a year. It helps us be consistent because you know you you got somebody that got your back, so you just, you know you just feel comfortable going out there. You know you got your teammates grinding for you. It's just a blessing. People talk about your offense. Yeah, coach, you see that defense every day in practice. How's that defense looking this spring? They looking real good. You know, we got a lot of um, we got a lot of talent on the offensive side, and the defense is definitely, definitely, um, they're definitely keeping up with us. Is there anybody um, in your non district schedule that you're looking to face in? I'm really just looking forward to all the games. <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> senior season. How big a deal is to have that built in? Like a lot of people have home field advantages, but y'all home field advantage is unique. The fact that it's like a mini mini college game, and it, every Friday. Uh, Eagle Stadium is packed. How's it feel to have been playing for that many people already? I know you're going to Oklahoma. You're going to be playing for 85,000, but just kind of get an appetizer for that here in high school. Uh, it's, a, it's an honor, honestly. You know, the fans are great. That, that's really why why we're so successful is really the fans and the people in the city. With, with so much got going on, you're about to be a senior, trying to repeat this title. How's it feel to have that college decision out the way and that pressure off your shoulder knowing that you're going to be riding up to Norman when the season's over with? Uh, it feels great because now I can just, you know, focus on my team and just focus on, you know, getting everybody better. Was that by design to get the, get the decision out the way or just kind of happen that way? Uh, yeah, that was the plan. But, you know, with recruiting, you never know how it's going to go. But I'm glad I got it out the way. Well, individually, where are you going to be? Since, you, since, you, since you're off the camp, so you got your school picked out, what are you going to do individually to come back a better player? Um, I'm going to just, you know, just work on all aspects of my game, getting in and out of my breaks, you know, speed, and definitely my leadership skills. What's been the best special thing about just being a student here with all the state titles, which y'all did? Y'all kind of got started the momentum, wrestling took it to another level, and then basketball pulled it pulled it off. What's, what's the mentality for the Allen students? Like, that's pretty cool, three state titles in one year. Yeah. It's cool because when you have friends that are in all the sports, 
Like I got some friends in the basketball team and on the wrestling team. It's cool because you just like you just see your friends succeeding, so you're, like you're all succeeding together. So you know that y'all all got the same plan. So, yeah, it's real fun. How do y'all that bond? That everybody supports you. Like, I saw you at some basketball games this yeah. year, and, and like I see some of the wrestling people and stuff. Everybody at y'all games. Yeah. How, is that just so kind of the part of the island culture? Being a student here. Yeah, that's definitely island culture. You know, just we support every sport. That's what it is. And being, I know y'all y'all in high school, but. How, how does it feel to have this spotlight? Like, kind of everything I do is kind of like y'all already in college, so to speak. Every move y'all make is already, everybody kind of looks and it, it's magnified because of the school y'all go to and what y'all do on the field. Is that, that any, any pressure or something y'all just gotten used to over the years? Um, it, it was a little pressure at first, but, you know, our coaches are real good at telling us, you know, like, don't be on social media that much and just stay off your phone, just stay to the team. So that helped a lot. How much that foundation they, they give y'all help y'all on Friday nights? Cause, cause like basically I ran like a college program. Yeah, uh, definitely. Our coaches day in and day out watching film. They're up here all the time, all night. They come here early in the morning, the last ones to leave. They they definitely put their heart into it. Who's someone that's been a mentor for you that's helped you get to this level on a personal? Somebody that maybe when you were younger, uh, younger uh, older receiver, or somebody that's in college already. Um, probably my parents, definitely. Yeah, my parents definitely are my, my mentors. Gotcha. So we're going to see a lot more vocal with Theo Weeks next year. I know you're a pretty quiet guy. You, you just catch your touchdowns and go about your business. So. <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. You're going to see a lot more vocal. Did you did you, did you give, give him a little sample during um, spring practice? Yes, sir. And, and when, you, um, when you walk around campus, how, what's the reception to y'all that they might kind of like see y'all like y'all, what y'all represent so much is that pretty cool the fact that people kind of look up to y'all even though y'all are still in high school I mean yeah it is but you know we're, we're still we're still high school kids so people don't really look at us too much different you know we still go to class with them every day are you excited about um, knowing as soon as school um, the season's done with that you're going to be heading to Norman you already got your mind made up I'm really just excited for the season first and then you know, when when that time comes, when I enroll to Norman, I'll be ready for that too. That's a wrap from Allen, City of Champions. Theo Weiss, tell us the deal, what to look for for the Allen Eagles who try to make it five times state champions. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, yeah, I'm looking for that six state title. <laughs> Thanks again to Theo Weiss for taking the time to chat with Kendrick for the Fast Forward Rewind Student Athlete Spotlight. So in the meantime, we have done a, uh, a wholesale change here. We've got Brian Murphy, who's the sports editor for the Frisco Enterprise, Little Elm Journal, and Solana Record, as well as Taylor Raglan, who writes sports for the Planet Star Courier, Allen American, and Lake City Sun. And uh, we are finally at the end of the road, our last spring football primer, and we are going to round this out with a look at another 7-5A, and that is the Division II 7-5A, where all these smaller schools are at. Uh, this district, much like 75A Division I, a very unique configuration. You have uh, Denison, Denton Braswell, uh, the four uh, the four smallest Frisco ISD schools, that being Frisco High, uh, Lebanon Trail Memorial, and Reedy, and then you have Lake Dallas, Lovejoy, and Princeton. So um, much like I, ro I rolled off the districts for the uh, 75A D1, you have teams right now in this um, of this 75A D2 uh, configuration that are from districts 55A. 
13.5a, 14.5a, 15.5a, and 7.4a. So once again, much like that, you have schools with next to no familiarity with each other, so there's not a whole lot to really work from as far as trying to kind of gauge what this district might hold. Um, even in the case of Frisco ISD, you've got two programs that are going to be playing varsity football for the very first time this season. Um, I mean, that's probably a good spot to start. I mean, what kind of expectations should people have for <laughs> Memorial and Lebanon Trail heading into this season? I mean, don't go in with too high of expectations. Yeah. Look at Independence and Reed with, in the recent years when they didn't have seniors in their first year. Mm -hmm. You know, they had won two games and, and three games respectively. You know, don't expect too much from Memorial. Very, very first season uh, with as a football program. Lebanon Trail, they had a JV last year. Did well. Uh, they won a couple district games mm -hmm. and, and whatnot against some other uh, area foes, but, you know, neither Lebanon Trail or Memorial will have seniors, and that's huge. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Football, football, that matters the most, to have those older upperclassmen to lead the way. They're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. If you don't have that, it's it's going to be a long uh, first year. With uh, with Frisco High, I mean, this the, the curious case of Frisco High, because I just, I mean, I've, you know, been at the paper for almost a decade now, and I mean, it just used to be death taxes in Frisco High football, making the playoffs, grinding their way with that, uh, with that wing tier, <laughs> whatever it is they run out there. And, and, um, it, but since then, I mean, this is kind of the, I guess, a symptom of having so many schools in Frisco is that when you build another school is that it kind of picks so apart from the, uh, you know, the student bodies from some of the other ones. And it seems like, you know, Frisco High now, which is, you know, I mean, is the original. And it's now one of the smallest high schools in Frisco. It is tied with Memorial Trail with the smallest enrollment in Frisco ISD. And they have seniors. So and they have seniors. Really saying something. And then you saw just at final, I mean, last year was just a uh, just a, a rough year on just on all fronts for the uh, for the raccoons. It went 0 and 10. 0 and 10. 0 and 10. I mean, how um, I mean, I don't know. Where do we uh, what do we what do we make of just kind of the raccoons and where they're at right now in their off season? Before that, they were 10 and 4, 9 and 4, 9 and 4, 8 and 3, 8 and 3, and then 0 and 10. Huge drop off. They lose majority of their players, you know, to Reedy and Lebanon Trail and the surrounding Frisco mm -hmm. schools. You know, it's tough to gauge, but I think them being in this new district will suit them very well. Mm -hmm. You know, against these smaller schools, against Memorial, Tra uh, Memorial and Lebanon Trail, they'll be able to get. You know, maybe potentially, not calling it now, but some easy wins, mm -hmm. unlike last year when they're going against Wakeland and Centennial and Lone Star, you yeah. know, just getting beaten pretty bad by really, really good uh, 5A programs. You mentioned them, you know, losing some, uh, you know, some kids to Reedy, and the uh, it's very ironic because Reedy just, which was in the same spot that Lebanon Trail and Memorial are in not too long ago, and Reedy just skyrocketed last year. One of the more impressive stories in um, just in the area period was just Reedy's emergence as a uh, this powerhouse, finishing what was it, second place in 13-5A? Yeah. yeah, the only district loss was to Lone Star, mm -hmm. who was you know state ranked, one of the best teams in the entire state. Mm -hmm. They go they go from three and seven to nine and two. You know, they look really really good uh, every day. I follow their Reedy. Uh, football Twitter account. Almost every day, I, I see a new tweet saying, "Well, thank you for such and such college, such and such school, such and such school for coming out to." So they're becoming a know, destination now. Oh, yeah, it's, it's some big D one schools. Colleges too. are taking yeah. note. Oh yeah, and there's there's a few recruits. I talked to Chad Cole uh, yesterday. Actually, he said they're looking at Nolan Matthews a lot. Six foot six. He was their wideout last year. He was kind of like their ex mm -hmm. They're going to move him to tight end. Six six two forty. He's a stud oh, on the basketball team also. Uh, and then Isaiah Floyd, a center, and they said he's a really smart kid, so he's getting you know offers. No, not just because he's good at football, mm -hmm. but just because he's he's a really smart guy too. They moved him from guard to center, so he's getting some big recruits. And then they, it also helps to have your quarterback back. Yeah. And Josh Foskey, he started as a sophomore, started last year as a junior, and he thrived. He had a great junior year. He's also starting third baseman on the baseball team. He's just a stud. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of reminds me of kind of like Ryan Depperschmidt yeah. at Lake Dallas. Kind of does it all. 
for, for many programs. That's a good way to transition then over to Lake Dallas, one of the other schools in this district. And one of the few matchups that, you know, we got to see last year between two teams that are going to be in this district, um, you know, Lake Dallas and Reedy threw down in the first round. Sounds like it was a spectacular game. Lake Dallas got the uh, just got the upper hand by, a, uh, by, what was it, like two, three points? Yeah. A game that, yeah, I mean. 37-35? Something, yeah, something to that tune. I mean, it was a, you know, a great game. 34 you know, in two teams that should be, you know, pretty, uh, you know, pretty evenly stocked for a uh, for the rematch, and I think that actually might be the district opener for their respective programs. It is, yeah, it is. So you'll get that game right out of the gates. As Coach Cole also mentioned he's like, man, we start off with a really tough district opening schedule because they just get mm-hmm. two non-district games, and then they got to play Lake Dallas and Denison, who is a team that Chad mm-hmm. Cole said, you know, could be a problem in District Seven Five A. So watch out for them. And another thing he brought up was, you know, they'll actually get to travel. You know, last year, yeah, yeah, you know, they they played all three, uh, all all of their district games in three different stadiums. You know, just miles away. This year, they're going to be able to go to Denison, go to Lake Dallas, go to Lovejoy, all these other you know cities, and they get to venture out and get a little bit more of that experience. So when it comes playoff time, they go to a different venue. Maybe they're not so shocked and unprepared. That is one um, one little subplot to this that this is a nine-team district. There's actually a, you know three of the four districts in Region Two in Seven Five A um, D Two are nine-team districts, and that means you only get those two non-district games. So you don't have a ton of time to really kind of prepare, especially if you're you know in the case of Lake Dallas and Reedy, if you have a district opener that could potentially be for the district title when all said and done. I mean that's two. Ch- they only have two chances to really you know make sure you've got your uh, got everything in gear. And Lake Dallas didn't do spring ball this year. Correct? That's right. That's and that's mm-hmm. kind of a good transition to um to kind of how Lake Dallas is approaching, you know, this uh you know this off season and just how the uh, it sounds like that the you know this new district and having those nine teams plus um you know Lake Dallas does have a bit of experience back that kind of made the uh, the Falcons kind of recalibrate the way that they wanted to approach this off season. For the first time under uh, head coach Mike Young, you know, Lake Dallas opted to forego spring ball. And um you know I talked a little bit about that you know last week when um ironically enough discussing the uh, you know Carrollton Farmers Branch and whatnot, but that's you know just kind of a uh, just a different school of thought and trying out something new. And what it'll do is it'll give Lake Dallas you know they'll start a week earlier in August. They'll start on August sixth instead of August thirteenth, and they'll get a second scrimmage. Um, you know they'll scrimmage Bishop Dunn and Azel. So I mean that I think that was a real big coup for kind of you know wanting to, to shift their approach. And like like uh, Coach Young said, I mean Lake Dallas has you know a lot back, so they felt like you know there was enough experience to where they're a bit further ahead than they otherwise would have been if they were a program that graduated a massive senior class. You know, so they were able to, you know, go through the spring, you know, not having to, you know, really focus so much on just installing base stuff. They were able to get more a little bit more complex with their teachings. And they were able to, even though they said they didn't have spring ball, so they couldn't, you know, they couldn't put on pads, no contact or anything like that. But even just during their athletics period, um, just during school hours, I mean, he said I mean they got a lot done. You know, he was really he was really impressed, you know, just as far as kind of kind of gauging what you're able to accomplish with spring practices versus not having them. I think it was kind of a pleasant surprise that they were still able to accomplish so much just during that athletics period. Um, Lake Dallas should be pretty good this year. I mean, they were, um, you know, this was a team that last year in 14-5A, I mean, they, they finished second in the district, you know, they missed the playoffs the year before, finished fifth, um, you know, they were able to get to the uh, to the second round this past season, and they're, um, you know, they've got 15 starters back, they're pretty well stocked on offense um, between, you know, quarterback with Ryan Depershman, who you mentioned earlier, Brian, um, their lead running back, Kylie Smith is back, their lead receiver, Brandon Engel's back. They have, um, just off of last season alone, they have um, 21 of 21 
passing touchdowns back. They have 20 of 24 rushing touchdowns back and 11 of 21 receiving touchdowns back. So a big chunk of their offensive production is already stocked. Uh, defensively, they return six of their top eight tacklers, led by uh, you know Jared Fenley and uh, Daryl Miner, their top two sack leaders, D.L. Roberson and Telenio Evans. So, I mean, the Falcons, you know, I mean, I, I think expectations are, you know, pretty high for the Falcons coming into this season. If anything, it'll just be a sigh of relief for them to not be in a district where they're the smallest school. They're only the second smallest school in 758D2 behind Princeton because, I mean, Lake Dallas, just from an enrollment standpoint, was just dwarfed by everybody in District 14-5A. Um, so, yeah, the Falcons, I mean, I think them, Reedy, and another school that I think we can now segue to, uh, Taylor, love Joyer teams that, you know, at least preliminary, uh, preliminary look, I should say. Preliminary look. Preliminary, <laughs> and um, they could be, um, you know, in that district title conversation. Mm-hmm. So um, let's just kind of, yeah, let's take a look at the Leopards. One of the, uh, I guess, one of the better stories last year. A team that had the rare zero yeah. and five right. start to five and five made the playoffs. Had to uh, mount a, and was, was kind of a foreshadowing for just how Lovejoy Boys Athletics in general were going to go. Right. Yeah. Um, just kind of, uh, you've been talking to Coach Ford recently. Just mm-hmm. how are the Leopards looking right now? Well, I think obviously the big focus in the spring is that that kind of tale of two mm-hmm. seasons they had last year and avoiding that this year. I mean, they had some injuries uh, that obviously contributed. You don't go 0-5 you know, when you're a good program and, mm-hmm. and a solid football team without some of that stuff and, yeah. and some unlucky things happening. But still, his his focus is, you know, we can't go out and, and go 0-5 again and then have to fight and scratch and claw our way back into the playoffs. So, um, I think consistency is a big thing uh, and, and they have a couple key returners that will help with that, but obviously the biggest glaring loss is, is uh, the best named linebacker. Oh, <laughs> the, the most aptly named <laughs> linebacker that you could yeah, think of. And, and um, SEC bound Bumper Pool, Bumper uh, who will, they will no longer have. Um, so that's a, that's a big identity loss, I think, for their defense, not only you know, in production and tackles and, and, and you know, actual on-field things, but, but just kind of a, a defensive leader and identity. So they're going have to find um, it's a classic case of you don't replace a guy like that with one person yeah. you you ask your entire linebacker core to step up um, but they have gotten a, a good spring coach Ford set out of Coleman Christensen uh, who will be kind of a um, a defensive leader for sure and, and not step into the role of bumper pool obviously because it's a guy that you don't just assume the mantle like that but um, who who is proven a leader and, and had a good couple of years, I think, and maybe even been overshadowed a little mm-hmm. bit by, by Bumper because he's such a talent, so they'll turn to him, but um, as far as key returners, they get Carson Collins uh, back at quarterback, which is a huge deal. Uh, he played, uh, Coach Ford said that it, it wasn't really widely known, but he played pretty much the back half of last year with a knee injury, mm-hmm. uh, underwent off-season surgery, uh, and looks uh, good by all accounts this spring as far as health, and, and better by all accounts as far as leadership and intangibles and running the offense. So uh, they'll look to basically just you know be more consistent and, and keep some guys healthy, uh, keep Collins healthy under center, uh, get that linebacker core to kind of come together as a group and, and replace the production uh, lost by pool and, and turn to some other key returners they have. But like I said, really the foundation is, is there and, and the consistency is kind of the focus and, and obviously not not starting 0-5. That's never ideal. So their their focus is to come out strong and, and I think they've set up maybe their their uh, 
non-district slate and all that kind of stuff to, to get rolling early. We talked about you know Bumper Pool and his impact on defense. He also assumed a very key role for their offense right. as um, as last season went along. He actually finished as their second leading rusher. Mm-hmm. Um, he averaged six and a half yards, tied for the team lead in rushing touchdowns with six. Uh, Lovejoy does have their leading rusher though back, Jahi Rainey. Right. Met you Another key return on offense. They really shouldn't have any problems on offense, especially at the, the mm-hmm. key skill positions. So I think it's going to be just about you know staying healthy. I mean, obviously that's you know every team you can't have guys go down and, and key guys and things like that but it sounds like they're pretty confident that that Collins has kind of figured out whatever was going on mm-hmm. with his knee and and uh, should be should be good to go yeah, the leopards were a completely different team without Collins and Rainey when I saw them play against Wakeland and non-district it was like the third game of the year and they looked it was a rough game for them without yeah. their two starters on offense. Yeah. They couldn't get anything going on offense. So that's that's two key guys right there for them. And I'm, um, you know, just looking at some of the other schools that we don't necessarily, you know, we don't cover them. And we actually have never, you know, never actually seen them up close and in person. But schools like Denison. Denison won eight games last year. You know, that can't be overlooked as they make this mm-hmm. move. And even even a school like Princeton that's making the jump up from, uh, from 4A to 5A. Granted, it's just seven on seven. So you want to take it with a bit of a grain of salt. But that was one of, uh, you know, I was out shooting some photos at an SQT out in Grapevine um, you know a couple weeks ago and that was one of the more uh, impressive teams that uh, I saw out there was Princeton and I was you know just watching them as they just kind of ran up and down the field on Rowlett a 6A program mm-hmm. it was kind of eye-opening just to see mm-hmm. Princeton and I don't know Princeton's passing game might have a little bit more uh, you know might have a little bit more zip to it than I uh, didn't realize at this time but um you know what do we what kind of expectations do you guys have for uh, for this district right now still very early on you know in the spring and whatnot but what do you get what expectations do you guys have for this district still talking about Princeton I can't wait to see what they do in this district because they played Salina the last two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, Salina was really, really good two years ago. They beat them the very first game of the year, and Salina didn't like that. They weren't expecting that. <laughs> I and can't they imagine got, they would. <laughs> <laughs> Salina rarely loses. Yeah. And they got revenge on them in week one last mm-hmm. year in a close one-score game. So, you know, if they're giving powerhouse like Salina some problems, you know, who knows, against these other smaller schools in 5A, they can, mm-hmm. you know, be a surprise team and, you know, maybe finish top two, maybe top three. But I still think this is – this is Reedy's district. You know, depend just seeing what they did last mm-hmm. year and just you know, they have so many guys coming back. You know, they have the core of their team. They just look so good and their their district I don't want to say it gets easier, but you know, they're not going against Lone Star right. and one mm-hmm. and whatnot. So right. and they'll they'll have a couple games against Lebanon Trail Memorial, stuff like that. So I, I think this is Reedy's district to lose, but Ooh. we'll see. You do realize that Lake Dallas didn't beat them last time they played. And they return a lot of players from that team. That district opener is going to be very telling for just kind of how that, uh, what, what, how, what pretends in, uh, in 7-5A Division Two. Taylor, do you have any initial impressions just kind of looking at this district for the, uh, you know, the first time? And I think you alluded to it earlier. I think that, you know, Reedy and, and Lake Dallas and Lovejoy are kind of the class of the district, yeah. if, you, if you want to call it that, with, you know, Potentially Princeton and, and Denison mixed in to that kind of a five-team group that mm-hmm. you should see the, the playoff teams come out of. Uh, I think that you know Lake Dallas and Lovejoy return a lot of pieces and and they're pretty mature and and Lovejoy, you know that's another thing uh, Coach Ford said just as far as you know when you go through something like that and you go on five and then you come back yeah. and and make the playoffs. That's a big, you know, teachable moment, building block, whatever cliche you want to throw out there. It's a big moment for them mm-hmm. to, to kind of learn how to battle through adversity. So um, if they get a, not an easier season, but if they have, you know, Colin stays healthy and Rainey stays healthy and, and they don't have to climb that mountain so much, then maybe for them it feels almost like, well, of course we can do this because look what we did last year. So I think that group of three at the top with, with Lake Dallas and Lovejoy and Reedy is probably mm-hmm. – 
where I would see the district champion coming from, but who knows? I mean, yeah. maybe there's maybe there's a surprise team. It, I think uh, already in my three and a half months on the job, I've learned not to not to lean too hard on any one prediction because uh, covering six six A has taught me that just about anything can happen. So who knows? But I think that that group of three teams is probably where you'll see the the seven five A champion come from. That's a that's a look at District seven five A Division two, gentlemen. We did it. We got all of our districts. <laughs> Spring primers on all of them. We finally reached the end of the finish line. Um, that's uh, hey, that'll just about do it for this edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. Brian Taylor, appreciate you all for tagging along. Did to Kendrick and uh, Devin. Um, folks, hey, appreciate y'all for checking out this out as well as all of the other previous uh, spring football primers. Like I said, we're going to tackle this stuff in much greater detail once we get to August, once fall practices begin, so make sure y'all are checking that out. We're also going to be doing podcasts over the summer. Even though school's out, we're going to still find, find we're, we're going to find some way to fill this podcast airspace. So um, yeah, we'll be back on Monday with another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. Um, hey, appreciate y'all for checking this out. Y'all enjoy the rest of your week. We will talk to y'all later. Thanks again for checking out this edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast, brought to you by Yield Butcher Shop, a meat market and burger joint based in Plano. It's summertime, folks. The temperatures are going to start heating up, and what a better way to break into that summer heat than to break out the grill and do some barbecuing. Well, guess what? Yield Butcher Shop has you covered. They can help you with everything from catering, grilling, barbecuing, or any special occasion, serving the finest cuts of meat from everyday to exotics. They are located at 811 East 15th Street in Plano, open Tuesday through Saturday, a smoking good time since 1974 Ye Old Butcher Shop. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.